open up the Word of God this morning together once again. While we're doing that, uh, have a quick word of prayer together once again. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the day. And I thank you for this time that we can open up your Word. And we just ask that you open up our hearts and minds to what you have in this Word for us today. Help us to allow your will to be done in our hearts, in our homes, in our church, and in our community. Help us to be your servant. And as Lord, as I preach this morning, as you would have me preach, help me to stay out of your way. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, y'all. I will say to you, Merry Christmas. Y'all? Okay. Sunday morning. It's uh, uh, almost 11.30. I know uh, uh, y'all been up for a while. You're going to have to get your amens ready and your praise the Lord's ready because not only are we going to talk about God, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about salvation, right? I'm going to ask you two questions while you're looking up Isaiah chapter 9. Do you believe that God is always faithful? 99.9% of you said yes. Do you believe that God is always the same? I hope you do. I hope you believe that, and I hope you believe he's always faithful. We're going to look in chapter 9, and before we read this uh, section of chapter 9, starting in verse 1, I want to tell you a little bit about what was going on in uh, the previous chapters. There, it was, there was a king who, whose name was Ahaz. And he had some enemies coming up against him. He was the king of Judah, the northern kingdom of the split uh, people of, of God. And he had his enemies were coming against him, and he began to become uh, nervous about that in a great way, trembling over that, worried about it, trying to figure out what is he going to do. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, brought him a message to not be afraid about that, that God would handle that for him. Yet uh, Ahaz chose not to believe God. God even said to Ahaz, you can read it later when you go home, you can read it, chapter 8, and 7 and 8. He even said to Ahaz, test through, through Isaiah, he said, test me on this. Ask me for a sign. And Ahaz like, I'm not going to test God said that to Isaiah. So therefore God allowed, because Ahaz uh, did not hold strong in his faith and did not believe God and his faithfulness and was overwhelmed by the fear of his enemies, God allowed the Assyrian army to come and overtake him and his kingdom. And all of those people were in slavery and oppression because of it. And if you read, you'll notice that God did take care of those other enemies as he promised, but he still, there were some consequences for Ahaz. Why are we talking about this at Christmas time? Because in Isaiah chapter 9, if you have been at uh, a few Christmas uh, time sermons, you may have heard someone talk about chapter 9 because it's Isaiah's prophecy about the coming of Jesus right? This is where Isaiah prophesies about the Messiah that is going to be 
coming and, and how he, he will bring peace into the world, and we will read it here momentarily. But I want you to realize that where the people are in their life, where they are in society, in their world, they are held captive by the Assyrians. They are being oppressed in every way. They are, there is no peace. There is nothing but darkness and sorrow in their lives. Talking about God's people. There is hardship. There is chaos, confusion. There is death. Even. And right in the middle of it all, because it, after verses 1 through 7, verses, verse 8 of chapter 9 picks up and continues to explain more about that kind of a situation. So right in the middle of it, God instructs Isaiah to give this message about the coming Messiah and that this won't last long and there will be peace. So look at verse 1 of chapter 9 and we'll read through uh, all seven verses and then I'll come back and break it, break it down a, a bit. Verse 1 of chapter 9 says, There will be no more gloom for her, for, for her who was in anguish in the earlier times. He treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later, later on he will make, make it glorious by the way of the sea and the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 2, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in, dark, in a dark land, the light will shine on him. Thou shalt multiply the nation. Thou shalt increase their gladness. They will be glad in thy presence. And with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou shalt break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders. The rod of their oppressors, as at the battle of Midian, for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle of tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. Verse 6, for a child will be born unto us, a son who will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And finally, verse 7 there will, be no end, there will be no end to the increase of his government or, or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Isn't it great to hear that? Isn't it great to read that, those words? It's even better when we break it down and investigate what is God saying to these people who are in distress? His people, who once lived in his peace and at peace with him, but because of they fell in their faith, because they did not believe God, now they are hearing hardship. Remember the questions I asked, do you believe that God is always faithful, and do you believe that God is always the same? as we go through. Verses 1 and 2. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. What's happening is he's saying there will be no more gloom for her who is in anguish. There's not going to be any more gloom for those who are in distress, as the NIV says. 
these Zebulun and Naphtali are in the northern region is where the Assyrians would have first come, come along, and that's how it all started, and then they, eventually the entire nation was taken over. Verse 1 is all about hope in the middle of your darkness. God is saying, I allowed this to happen, and it's happening because of consequences and repercussions, right, for not believing me, because you know who I am, you know what I've done, you've seen me in the past be faithful to you, but yet you chose not to believe me, so this is what's happening. Verse 1 really just says, but it will not last forever. Isn't that great? That God's anger doesn't burn forever against the ones he loves? I mean, if there's a reason to say hallelujah, that's it right there, y'all. Because every one of us has given God reason to be angry. Wouldn't y'all agree with that? It's going to get great in a minute. <laughs> Look at verse 2. He gets ready, he just, the gospel message is laid out. Even this many years before Jesus came into the world and went on the cross, through Isaiah the prophet, the gospel message is laid out. Verse 2. He says, let me, just, let me just read it off of the NIV. I got a habit of reading in the in a New American Standard. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 2, all by itself, is the gospel message. Now, in, in this time... All of the people that were being oppressed by the Assyrians were living in the darkness, living in, 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 in what, what, what they would consider as death. Sometimes when it's so bad, you just rather die. That's what deep depression is all about. That's why people commit suicide sometimes, because there's just no hope in their heart and in their mind. It's a terrible thing that happens to a person to be in that state of darkness. And that's where the people were. That's where the people, God's people were, and he's saying it's not going to last forever. In fact, the people that are living in this darkness, they will see a great light. And you move that into the gospel messages, all of us in our sin, we're living in darkness. And until we see Jesus, we're lost in that darkness. Right? He says they were living in the land of the shadow of death. Remember when we were taught in the scripture to not be of the world, but live in the world? Like, go into the world and make disciples, but don't be of the world. In other words, take the light of Christ into the world, but don't let the darkness of the world put your light out so that you become darkness. Right? So he's saying this, and in verse 3, he says this here. He says, Thou shalt multiply the nation. Let me get it back into the right version. He says... You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice with dividing the plunder. Remember when in Genesis chapter 3, uh, Adam and Eve had offended God, had sinned and disobeyed God, and God called them out on it, and they tried to blame everybody, including God, and God says, you know what, this is all messed up. I'm the only one that can fix it. Get out. And then he said, I will fix it. I'm going to make this right. That is a promise from our Lord. Then when Abraham hears from God and he tells Abraham, hey, take your family and all your stuff and just start walking and I'll tell you where to go. And if you do that, if you trust me and you believe me, 
I will make you the father of many nations. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. And they rejoice before you. It's a reminder, it's a prophetic reminder of the promises of God. He made a promise to Adam and Eve. He made a promise to Abraham. So how in the world could this Assyrian domination in their lives and this darkness last forever? Because God is faithful. How can whatever I'm going through or whatever you're going through in your personal life or your spiritual life that's dark and heavy and challenging, how can it last forever when we have the promises of God who is faithful? Right? So take courage that we have a promise from our Lord, from our Father in heaven. And he is always faithful and he is always the same. You remember uh, when you were a little kid and Christmas would come around and you just couldn't wait because when I was, uh, I was actually a child before the internet, in case you didn't know that. And we, we actually would uh, get catalogs and start circling stuff that we wanted on our list. That's how we did that. And we would give it to our parents and we didn't know if that was going to happen or not, but we did it just in case. You don't, ha- you don't, you don't have because you don't ask, right? I would circle almost everything in the catalog just to be on the safe side. But man, when Christmas morning would come for many children, they'd wake up and they'd run to the Christmas tree and they'd see all these gifts under the Christmas tree. And it was chaos. Once, once all the adults were in the room and the word go, it was chaos. Everybody was excited. Children are excited. They're just ripping stuff apart and they're looking and they're just overjoyed about the presence that they're getting and the, and the excitement of the day. And that's, what that's what's being described here. Not only for the people in Ahaz's kingdom, because Isaiah is telling them this won't last forever and there will be peace again and you will have joy again. But he's also saying sin will not dominate forever. And there will be salvation. There will be hope and peace and joy. That's why we sing about those things during Christmas time. The fulfillment of the promise. Look at verse 4 and 5 together. In verse 4, he says, For for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Verse 4 is all about the dominance of the foreign kings against them. And Isaiah is saying that God is going to shatter that. Just as God allowed it in that moment for them, God is always in control. There is nothing that happens in the existence of all mankind that God doesn't know about and God isn't Lord over. Hello? 2020. God knows and God's in charge. Nothing slips by him. It's all under control. Isn't that great? That's a promise and a guarantee from our Lord. No king, no authority in all of the world will override God and his kingship. No matter how bad it gets. Verse 5, it says, Every warrior, every warrior's boot used in a battle and every garment rolled in the blood will be uh, destined for burning. 
will, will be fuel for the fire. This is God's vengeance against his enemies. When God claims victory, the enemies don't survive. Hello? This is where you get glad that you're not an enemy of God anymore because you've repented of being a sinner and you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior. By the grace of God, you're not his enemy. By the, by the grace that comes through the cross of Christ, you, can, you, you don't have to be God's enemy because God's enemies do not survive. Hello? <laughs> I get excited about this, y'all. How, how close was I to spend an eternity without God? Me personally. I'm not guaranteed any time in this world. And I didn't give my life to Christ until I was an adult. What would have happened had I not had enough time before I finally submitted to him? How close, how close. It's a near-death experience, y'all. That's what salvation is. You almost died in your sin. But Jesus. This is what, this is what Christmas is about. Isn't it? It's about the baby Jesus. It's about the Christmas story. And it's about giving gifts to one another and celebrating the promise of God. But it's also about escaping the darkness of death and sin. Verse 6, here's what it is. For, for to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You ever get, you ever get down? You ever get discouraged? You ever get hurting spiritually? Go back and read these words right here. Read verse 6. It's a promise from God. He says, he, look, it says, unto us. Isaiah is saying, unto God's people. Unto the people God created. A child is born. It's a symbol of Jesus coming in the flesh. Fully human, because that's what was necessary. And then he says, unto us. A son is given. Son of God. He's holy. He's God in the flesh. And the, the best part about those two sentences is unto us. Merry Christmas, y'all. I mean, I've, all the Christmas gifts I've ever received in my entire life don't amount to nothing compared to the gift that God has given me in Christ. And I didn't even circle it in the calendar or in the, in the catalog. I didn't do it. I was running away from it, as a matter of fact. Here's something important to study and think about in every part of your life. It says, and the government will be on his shoulders. The responsibility of what goes on in this world belongs to God. The authority over everything that goes on in this world, including your life and everything in it. God's in charge of that. Way too many times, even the believer, and even sometimes the leaders of the church, we carry way too much burden on ourselves. We carry way too much that God is supposed to be doing. We worry about the things that go on in the church and in our homes and in the world and in, in the neighborhoods 
raise your hand if you're stressed out. Go ahead. If, you're, if you've been paying attention to 2020, you should be stressed out. It's okay. It's not sinful. I'm just trying to help us remember everything is on the shoulders of our Savior, including what goes on in our world today. Here's what he's going to be called. Here's the way Isaiah referred to Jesus, the Messiah. Here's the way God instructed Isaiah to say it. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, and everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Isn't that great? Think about that. How many, how many times you need to know what to do? How many times you've just been lost? Need some help, some guidance. We have the Holy Spirit promised by God. Based on our confession that Jesus is the Christ, our repentance, our baptism into Christ, everything, so on, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we have the wonderful counselor. We're not alone. We have everything we need. Mighty God. How many times have we felt defeated in life? How many times have we felt defeated because maybe we're slipping away from God, or maybe we fell into sin, or, 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 or maybe it's just the world is coming, coming down on us so hard, maybe we're being persecuted. You ever wonder what makes these guys and ladies, that, uh, these believers over the years that were killed for their faith, how they stood so firm in their faith, how they never shrunk back, how they honored God even to death, believing that Jesus is the Christ. Have you ever sat back and said, how would somebody be able to do that? It's because they understand that God is almighty. They understand that Jesus has the authority over the world, and in him we cannot lose and we cannot be defeated. Everlasting Father, no matter what, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad I mess up, no matter how many times I mess up, Jesus loves me. You don't always like what I do. You don't always like what you do. But he loves you. And he's never going to stop loving you. The question is, are we going to stop loving him? Right? We have, we have a Savior. We have, we have a God who is everlasting in his faithfulness, in his promises. And it says he's the Prince of Peace. Because what we're reading in, in, this, in these verses happened way before Jesus ever went to the cross. But you and I are living on the other side of that, aren't we? We're living in the fulfillment of what Isaiah was talking about. And i got to tell you, there is great peace in knowing Christ. Because, because I came to Christ as an adult, I still remember what it was like to live outside of Jesus and to live like there was no God. And there was not much peace in that. There may have been a little bit of fun. There may have been a little bit of good times, but there was no peace there. And it took a lot of resources to keep me going. And then I found Jesus. And all of a sudden, all those other resources that didn't honor God became unnecessary. 
and undesirable because I have the peace of Christ. Not because I've earned it, not because of any other reason except for Jesus loves me enough to die on the cross and resurrect from the dead so that I could have it. If the entire world was on fire, we still have Jesus and we can still have peace. As long as you have Christ, you have peace. You wonder how some of these guys in the book of Acts got beat up and thrown in the streets and chased out of town and put in prison, murdered for their faith. And they're singing hymns the whole time and continuing to preach the gospel, looking the enemy in the face and saying, nope, we're going to go with God, thanks. Because they had the peace of Christ. And they knew that no matter what happened in this world and how bad it got, in the end, they're going to be with the Lord. And nobody can take that from you. God won't take it from you. That's the promise that we're reading about. That's the faithfulness of God. So he says in verse 7, he says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Somebody say hallelujah and praise the Lord. That means we can drink up as much of that peace as we want because we will never exhaust God's resources. There is, there is never an end to God's mercy through Jesus on the cross. There's never an end to his forgiveness. There's never an end to the joy and the peace that comes in Christ. And I know that we this, this, this entire year, y'all, every single day has been filled with stress. Y'all know it has. That doesn't mean we didn't have some good days. It just means that the stress of what goes on in the world is there. And there's, there's even some believers today that are just discouraged by it. There's some believers today that are just heavy, beaten down, tired. Might even start thinking about, I'm not even going to celebrate Christmas this year. What's the point? And if, and if somebody's there, it's okay. We're people living in a world, right? And this world sometimes is bigger than we are, and it's heavier than we are, and it's stronger than we are. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to build each other up and keep reminding each other about the peace that comes through Christ. The peace that came in the, in, in, in the manger, this little baby was born so that we could have this peace that God promised and the joy. We can be the believers who celebrate and have joy during Christmas when the whole world is falling apart. When the neighborhood would look at us and say, don't they know there's bad things going on? What are they so happy about? And the moment they ask that question, you get to tell them why we're so happy and why we have joy and why we have peace. And you can still be honest with them and tell them, yeah, we're stressed out about that too, but Jesus. But Christmas. Isn't that great, y'all? We're not defeated. We're not defeated. We will not be defeated. 
There's no end to it. It says, He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and hold, upholding it with justice and righteousness from, the time, from that time and forever. Talking about Jesus' reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, we could all get the authorities of the world put together and they could come up with a scheme to try to take over God's kingdom and God's planet that he created and they will never overcome God. They will never dethrone Jesus. I want you to look at the last sentence. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The excitement and the love that God has for his people will make this happen. And when God says, I'm going to make it happen, it's going to happen. And when God says, you can have peace in your heart because I say so, you can have it. Are we going to be Ahaz and say, yeah, I'm not going to believe God? No. I hope you don't. I'm going to close with this here. Christmas is a celebration of our Savior's birth. We understand that. We know that. And we should celebrate it, and it should be everything about that. But Christmas is a reminder that in the midst of rebelliousness, there's peace. In the midst of consequences and repercussions, not somebody else's, yours. When I'm convicted and I'm guilty because I've sinned against God and there's consequences for that and repercussions, there's still peace in that because I know Jesus, because he's my Savior. When there's hardship or confusion in your life, in your family, even in our church maybe, in our world, there's peace to be found in the middle of it all. In the unrest and the chaos, the 49 years I've been in this world, I've never seen so much chaos and unrest in my life. I'm not an old guy. And, And I wasn't around when we had some of the bigger wars going on. But it's bad, isn't it? People hating people. There's peace to be found in the middle of it in Christ, y'all. When there's attack and persecution, and if it hasn't happened, it's coming. There's peace to be found in Christ. There's peace to be found in the promise of God. Christmas is also a reminder of God's faithfulness to his promise. Christmas is a reminder that Jesus is our Savior. No matter what. It doesn't matter what you or anybody else does to me. As long as I stay firm in what I believe about God and Jesus, what this Bible says, if I stay firm in that, I can find peace. Did you know you can have peace and be stressed out at the same time? It can happen. Jesus is our refuge. You know, sometimes we just, need to, we just need to get away. Sometimes we just need to go find a place to get away from all of the destruction, all of the attacks, all of the hardships, all of the stress, the worries. Jesus is that place. Sometimes all it takes is just get alone with God 
and pray and read. I'm not promising you the book of God, the word of God promises you that there will be peace in that. And I know from experience it's true. Jesus has the power and authority over heaven and earth. Do I believe that? hope you do because in Matthew chapter 28, he says, all authority given to me from, from heaven and earth, I give one out to you to go and make disciples. Go all into the world and tell people who I am and what the kingdom of God is about. So what in the world, what in the entire world can come against us that would override God's authority in our lives? Jesus is the king of all and he's the Lord of all. Isn't that great? I, I realize this entire sermon, for, you, for those of you who are believers, for those of you who have been believers for a while, I'm not telling you something you didn't already know. Right? It's like, I drove all the way over here for this. I'm telling you because I want you to be reminded. We can't say it enough, can we? We can't remind each other enough about the peace we can find in Christ. If we don't find peace in Christ, if we don't rest in his peace, that we, if we believe that Jesus is the Christ and we don't rest in that peace, it's, it's because we don't believe him. Maybe it's just because we're lost in the darkness for that moment, whatever that darkness is. And that's why it takes another brother or sister in Christ to come along and say, hey, there's peace to be had in this. Let's keep going. Let's keep trusting God. Christmas, y'all. Up until this year, every year, we get in this word battle with other people about, can we say Merry Christmas or not? Nobody seems to be talking about it that much this year. I hope it's not because we've given up on Christmas. I hope it's not. Because this little baby, this little bitty baby that was born became our Savior because he believed his Father and he was faithful to that. Isn't it great? I love y'all and the Lord loves you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're not saved, if you don't know nothing about Jesus, I'll be glad to tell you. I'll be glad to tell you. You could be having a great life, but if you don't know the Lord, you're not in his peace. You could be so much better. And if you're living in darkness and you don't know the Lord, get a hold of me because I can help you. All you got to do is believe that Jesus is the Christ, repent of your sins. Just say, I'm not going to be a rebel against God anymore. I'm not going to live like God's not real anymore. That's what repentance is. And the Bible tells us to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't think of a better Christmas present. I hope y'all think about it, and I hope y'all tell your friends who need to know what I just said. Anybody who's online that's needing to know, come come get a hold of me. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song of invitation. If you have a decision to make, come forward. If you have a prayer need, you can come up here and we'll pray with you. You ready?